I'm really excited about this new series, four weeks called It Is Written. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you a little bit about 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Uh, We're beginning our year again this year with a a spiritual emphasis on uh, on your spiritual side. You're not just a physical being, you're also a spiritual being. And so we we have a real concern for your spiritual health, want to feed and care for the spiritual side of you. C.S. Lewis said that if you aim at heaven, you get earth besides. If you aim at earth, you don't get either. And so we want to to help you over the next 21 days to focus on prayer and fasting. And to do that, we've prepared a a little Pray First booklet. Many of you have these. It's the same booklet that we've used the last few years when we've done this. But if you don't have one of these, I'd encourage you to pick one up uh, at the door uh, as you go out. Uh, It's just got some... Uh, good information on prayer. It's got some sample prayers in here, some scriptures that you can pray through, and just really a, a fun little tool on prayer. And there's also information in there on fasting. And so we want to invite you uh, for the next 21 days uh, to have a focus on prayer and fasting. And to help you do that more consistently and more effectively, uh, we're going to invite you to join us here at church at 6 a.m., Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Saturday, we're going to do it at 9 a.m., a little later on Saturday. And then Sunday, we're just going to do uh, our regular uh, services. Uh, But uh, I hope that as many of you as can will make it to as many of these as you can. Uh, At each one of these services, we open with uh, the band who do a song together. Uh, One of the staff will lead a prayer on the theme, prayer theme for that day. And then we just uh, release you to just spend the rest of the time praying uh, on your own. And we don't put you on the spot, don't make you pray with other people, don't make you pray out loud or anything like that. We just turn it over and and give you the opportunity uh, uh, to pray uh, as you're led. And uh, I want to encourage you to also do some fasting during this 21 days. And you may want to just fast one meal a day, maybe breakfast, you need to come and pray instead of eating breakfast or pick a meal. Or you may want to do a longer season, maybe two or three days of fasting. I don't encourage 21 days of fasting because you'll starve to death. But, uh, you know, just some sort of fasting. And you can even fast. It doesn't have to be food. You, you, could, you could do like a, maybe a television fast or a social media fast or, or just some activity in your life that you're going to give up. And during that time, you're going to focus on, on prayer and the spiritual side uh, of your life. But you can work out uh, the, the fasting part of it uh, personally, however you want to do that. Uh, Also this year, we've added the Pray First uh, wristbands. We've got those at the doors, and we're going to give each one of you one of those, and that's to help you to remember to pray first. Uh, Before you send that email, before you send that text, before you walk into that meeting, before you close that deal, before you pull out into that traffic, pray first. Just pray first. Make Make it a priority. And one little tip that I'll give you, gave this last night, I got, uh, the guy saw me today, and he says, man, that tip was golden. And the tip is, is at night when you take this wristband off, wrap it around your cell phone so that when you wake up in the morning, you don't check your text messages, you don't go to Facebook, you don't go to your news sites, for, you know, the first thing, you pray first before you do that. So uh, that, that's our, our, our strategy for the next 21 days. We want to focus on prayer and fasting. But during this time, we also wanted to do this sermon series called It Is Written. And it's a four-week series, and we're going to be looking at, at how to build your life on God's Word, how to understand the Bible, why you can trust the Bible, and how to hold on to God's Word. Prayer is extremely important. 
because prayer is how we talk to God. But prayer is only one wing of the Christian life. And, and you can't fly on one wing. And so you not only need to talk to God through prayer, but you also need God to talk to you. And God talks to us through the Word, through the Bible. Prayer and the Bible, they're the two wings of the Christian life. And if you want to rise up on wings of eagles, if you want to renew your strength like the eagles, you've got to have two wings. You need prayer and the Bible. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God. And it, it, if you want to know where life begins, it begins with your relationship with God. And your relationship with God begins when you call out on Him to save you. And when you call on Him in prayer. John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was God, prayer. In the beginning was the Word, the Scripture. And it's interesting how God refers to Himself. He refers to Jesus Christ as the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so before there was a Bible, before there was a book, there was the Word. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Jesus, the Word of God, the Word that was with God, came to earth and lived among us. So we could understand God and understand God's Word. And while Jesus was here, he made some amazing claims about the Bible. And we're going to study those in this series. But my deepest desire, my desire for this series, the desire for this new year, is that you're going to learn the Word more, you're going to love the Word more, and you're going to live the Word more. So let's look what Jesus says about the Word of God. John 6, 33. He says, The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. Now, what does it mean that the words are spirit? The, the New Testament was written in, in the Greek language. And in this verse, the Greek word for spirit is the word pneuma. Pneuma. Now, have you ever heard of a pneumatic power tool or a pneumatic drill? Okay. What, what is a pneumatic drill? What, what is it powered by? Air. Yeah. You know, it's not driven by spirit or ghosts. It's driven by air. And a better translation here of, of spirit would actually be the word breath. Literally, the breath of God and the power of God that come with it. The words I have spoken to you are the powerful breath of God, and they are life. There's no life without breath. If you want to know if some, something or someone is living, you look to see if they're breathing. In Genesis 1, when God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, it says he formed Adam and then he breathed into him the breath of life. The, the Bible is a God-breathed book that, that is powerful and alive. Look at Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is living and active. It's not just a collection of stories and laws and poetry, but the Bible is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible will affect you at the deepest uh, level of your thoughts and emotions. 
Because the Bible doesn't just give you trans- uh, information, the Bible leads you to transformation. It's not just information, it's transformation. And my heart's desire for you is, is that the Bible will just come alive. Because for many people, the, the Bible seems hard to understand. It's hard for them to get anything out of it. And so I want to deal with that in two ways today. First, I want to deal with the theology of how the Bible can come alive for you. And then I want to give you some practical steps that you can leave here with and that you can do to make it happen. So all this is in your notes. First, the Bible, for the Bible to come alive. Faith is what activates the Word Faith is the supernatural element that brings the Word of God to life in your life. Now, the Bible is always living and active, whether you believe it or not. But when you believe it, that's what makes it alive in your life. Now, you might ask, is faith really that important? Yes, it is. Hebrews 4.2 For we also had the gospel preached to us just as they did. So the writer of Hebrews is identifying, there's two groups of people. Both groups of people have heard the gospel. But the message they heard was of no value to them. Because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Those who heard the Bible but didn't combine it with faith, the Bible was of no value to them. And maybe you've had someone tell you, maybe you've even experienced this yourself. You know, I've tried reading the Bible, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Okay? If you read the Bible, but you don't combine it with faith, it doesn't work. Because faith takes the natural and makes it supernatural. And so for some of you, I've just frustrated you even more. Because you're saying, you know, not only do I not get anything out of it when I read it, but I don't have a lot of faith either. So let me help you out with that. Because there's something that, that, that activates your faith. Revelation activates faith for your faith to come alive uh, revelation has to happen there has to be a moment where you go aha now I see it (laughs) I get it and some of you have been reading your Bible and and you've experienced this maybe you've read the same verse over and over familiar passage to you and then one day all of a sudden you go whoa that's what that means Oh, now it makes sense. And it's like that verse suddenly came alive for you. That's the living and active word. Now, there are two words for the word word in the Greek. Okay, there are two words for the word word. And I know that sounds weird, but let me, let me explain that to you. It's actually kind of fun to say. Okay, so uh, one of them is the word logos which means written or spoken word. And for some people, this is as far as they get with understanding the Bible. They only get to logos, which means the written word or the spoken word. They just can read the words on the page. They can hear the words that are spoken. That's as far as it goes. And that's why two people can read the same passage or hear the same sermon, and afterwards one of them goes, that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And the other one goes, I didn't get it. Okay? Same verse, same sermon, two different people, two different responses. Why? 
Because everyone's reading or hearing the logos with, with the written or spoken word, but not everyone is getting or receiving the rhema. That, that's, the, that's the revealed word. Rhema is the, oh my goodness, now I get it. Okay? So how does that happen? Let me tell you a story. I'll tell you a story where that happened, and then I'll tell you how it happened, and then I'll tell you how you can get that thing going in your life. And I'm going to use a story that almost all of us are familiar with, even if you, if you don't read the Bible a lot. In fact, I shared this story last weekend as part of our Christmas service. Uh, you know, we talked about how the angel Gabriel came to the Virgin Mary and he announced to her that she was going to conceive a child and the baby that was going to be born to her would be the Son of God. Okay? How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? So it's obvious that Mary heard what the angel said. She heard the words, but she didn't get it. She heard the words, but she didn't receive the message. Instead, she questioned it, which is how a lot of people read their Bibles. They, they question it. They go, you know, I don't get it. What does this mean? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. For no word from God will ever fail. And the word for word here is the word rhema. The angel says to her, Mary, no revelation from God will ever fail. Mary, if you will get what I'm saying, it'll actually happen. No word from God will ever fail. And I just want to look at you and tell you that's true in your life. I mean, there, there is no word from God. There's no scripture that you read that when it comes alive to you, will fail you. I mean, all of a sudden, it's not only alive, it works. And Mary answered, in, in that moment, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And it's the same word, rhema. Mary says, may your revelation to me be fulfilled. And in that moment, her faith was activated and she conceived. The word was fulfilled in that moment. Now, how do you get the Bible to come alive? Faith. How do you get faith? Revelation. How do you get revelation? Meditation. Meditation activates revelation. So probably it's not going to happen on the first reading. You've you got to take the time to slow down and ponder it. You've got to think it through. You've got to talk it through with other people. Here's the way the Bible puts it. It says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. In other words, talk about it with other people. Meditate on it day and night. And the word meditate, this, this passage is written in Hebrew. And, and Hebrew is a very picturesque language. I mean, you look up uh, Hebrew words in the dictionary, and there's paragraphs to, de to define what the word means. And, and to meditate it, it means to ruminate. It means to be like a cow chewing its cud. Now, I grew up in Iowa. I grew up in, in a town of about 302 people. And actually, in our town, there was more livestock in town than there were people in town, okay? 
And, and so I've seen cows chewing their cud. And, and you know, when, when a cow takes a bite of grass, he gets it in his mouth, and then he chews it. And they chew it for a long time. They're not in a hurry. And then they swallow. And then a little while later, they do the most disgusting thing. Because they vomit that same wad of grass back up into their mouth. And then they swallow it. And then a little while later, they do it again. They got four stomachs. They're working this thing over and over and over because they want to get everything they can out of that wad of grass. That's the picture that the Bible gives you of what you need to do with a Bible verse. You, you, you need to read a verse. And you don't, you don't just read it and now you're done with it. No, you read it, you set it aside, and then you bring it back and you think about it. You consider it again. And you think about it for a while, you chew on it, and then you set it aside. And then you bring it back up, and you think about it, you consider it, chew on it a little while, and then you set it aside. You meditate on it day and night. Okay? So it's not that you just read the Word and then you're done. No, you read the Word, you find a verse, you grab onto it, and, and you meditate on it. You wrestle it to the ground. Why? So that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So how do you get there? How do you build your life on God's Word? And I'm going to give you a verse today. It's really the theme verse for today's message. And I want to read it to you, not out of a Bible translation, but out of a Bible paraphrase. Some versions of the Bible are translations from the Greek and Hebrew. And their goal is to stick very closely to the original Greek and Hebrew words. It's like a word-for-word -word translation. Some versions of the Bible are paraphrases instead of translations. And in a paraphrase, the goal isn't to do word-for-word -word translation. The goal is, what's the meaning? What's the thought of this passage? And you bring the thought into the English language. And that's why if you really want to understand the Bible, you need to read both translations and paraphrases. When I preach, I preach out of translations and I preach out of paraphrases because we really want to grasp the meaning of the text. And so in the message paraphrase in Matthew 7, 24, Jesus says this. He says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on rock. Jesus says the word of God, it's not incidental to your life. It's not like when you add on a family room. No, it's foundational. It's what you build your life on. And he goes on in the story and says, you want to build your life on the foundation of God's word because storms are going to come into your life. And if you build on the foundation of God's word, when those storms come, your house will stand. You don't build on the right foundation. When those storms come, you're wiped out. And so 
you know, as your pastor, I can't keep the storms from coming into your life. I wish I could, but I can't. But what I can do is help you build a foundation for your life that's strong enough that your life will stand no matter what the storm is. You know, that's why I want you to learn to build your life on God's Word. That's why I want you to develop the habit of prayer and fasting. Because it's foundational. It's not just about praying for 21 days. It's not just about studying the Bible for a four-week sermon series. It's about establishing a habit of prayer and fasting, a habit of Bible study. You develop a lifestyle. You develop a life skill that becomes the foundation of your life. It's not something you just come up here and do at 6 a.m. I mean, this is something you do every day of your life throughout the day of your life. Uh, honestly, we don't do this up here at 6 a.m. in the morning because it's necessary. Frankly, we do it because it's fun. I mean, honestly, this 21 days of prayer, it's become the highlight of my year. And for many of you, man, you know, since the last time we did it, I feel, when are we going to do that again? Are we going to do that again? Because, man, it is fun. It's fun to get up at 5 in the morning in the dead of winter, drive through the dark and the cold to come up here to pray with you. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Pat, he never misses. I got other, every service, I got people out there going, yeah, I can't wait. Okay? Maybe that's not that fun for you. Okay? But you need to be praying every day. I mean, don't view this as a burden. View it as a blessing. View it, you, you know, if, if you can't do it, then you can't be here at 6 in the morning. Just do it when you can do it. Just build your life on this. Same with meditating on the Word. Just make it a life skill that you build your life on. Now you might say, well, Pastor, that's great inspiration. But how? How do I do it? So let me tell you that. How do you build your life on God's Word? Number one, I must accept its authority. The process begins with your attitude. How are you going to view the Bible? Is it just a good book with good ideas from a good man? Or is it the inerrant, infallible, powerful Word of God? Two very different viewpoints on God's Word. And you might say, well, Kelly, I, I don't know if I can get there. Because there are a lot of things in the Bible that don't make sense to me. And I'll just tell you, there are a lot of things in life that don't make sense to me that I accept. I mean, I don't understand how electricity works, but I don't sit around in the dark. <laughs> I don't understand digestion, but I eat. Okay? You don't have to understand it in order to accept it. And, and there are going to be things in God's Word that you will never understand because you are not God. And that, that's the road God wants to take you on. God wants to provide you with the revelation so that you begin to gain the outlook and the perspective of who God is. It, it changes you. But it begins with the attitude of accepting the authority of the Word of God rather than just dismissing it or saying, well, it's too hard to understand or I don't agree with it. No, you've got to accept. That's the challenge of our generation. Are, are, are we going to listen to culture? Are we going to listen to ourselves? Or are we going to listen to God? That was a challenge for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who are they going to obey? Are they going to obey culture? Are they going to obey the king? Or are they going to obey God? 
And you and I and everyone else in our generation, we got to make a choice. Are we going to surrender to culture or are we going to obey God? Look at this verse. It says, we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, circle that word received, it, it, it carries with it the idea of welcoming a stranger. You see somebody that you don't know, don't really know, and yet you say, come on in. You welcomed them. You received them anyway. So you heard something in God's word. You don't totally understand it, but you know, maybe you don't get it at first, but you receive it. You, you ac- accept it. When you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but actually as it is, the word of God. And because you received and accepted it, It is now the word which is at work in you who believe. You accept the authority of the word of God and it works in your life. You reject the authority of the word of God, you've robbed it of its power. Won't work. That's where it starts. And then it moves on to, I must assimilate its truths. If I'm going to build my life on God's word, I've got to assimilate the truth of God into all the areas of my life. Marriage, family, money, health, work. I mean, the Bible's got a lot to say about everything in our life. I need to assimilate the Word of God in all these areas. How do I do that? I'm going to give you three tips on this. First is by listening to God's Word. You need to put yourself in a position to hear God's Word. And frankly, right now I'm preaching to the choir because you've all put yourself in a position to hear God's Word. I mean, you're here, okay? But I'm going to tell you, you, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to strategically plan to put yourself in a position to listen to God's Word. And I, I, it just blows me away how people don't prioritize church. Honestly, I don't get it. I, I, I am amazed at how many other things take priority. I mean, people will miss church to do the strangest things. People will miss church to do nothing. I don't get it. But it takes faith to activate God's power in your life. Look at this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And and I'm not trying to force my standard on anybody else. I'm really not. But I'm not missing church. And you might say, well, of course not. You get paid to be here. Okay? But I'll just tell you, for the first 15 years of my married life, I wasn't a pastor. I was just a guy with a job and a family. And my family did not miss church. We didn't miss. We planned our vacations around where we wanted to visit a church. Back in those days, we went Sunday morning, we went to Sunday school, we went Sunday morning, we went Sunday night, we went Wednesday night, we were in a small group, and we went to choir practice. Okay? I mean, we did not miss church. And some of you, you were there back in those days, you can vouch for me, I can vouch for you, because you were there. I mean, it was important for us to go to church. Why? Because faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And in the the parable of the seed and the sower, Jesus says, there's a lot of words being said, but it's only received by some. And in that parable, Jesus says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. As for me, I'm not missing out on hearing the word of God. 
And if you make that commitment, it will activate faith in your life. It'll give you a better 2017. It really will. Next, if I'm going to assimilate God's Word in my life, I do it by reading God's Word. Reading God's Word. And, and you need to read it like a meal. And Jesus tells us that. Jesus answered, it is written. There's the title of our series. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And you need, just when you eat a meal, you need to eat a balanced diet. Same is true with the Word. You, you need to read through the whole Bible. And yes, there are parts that are hard to understand, but you've got to read through them anyway, just so you know what's in them, just so what's in them gets into you. And, you know, in a well-balanced meal, you eat some things that you don't like as much as the other things you eat. I mean, we don't always want to eat our vegetables, but we eat them. Why? Because we know they're good for us. And I may not want to read the hard parts of the Bible, but I read the whole thing because it's good for me. Listen, if all you read is a few Jesus stories in Psalm 23, you're going to wind up with a stunted view of the character of God. And sadly, in our day, for many, many Christians, they, they just read tiny little portions of the Bible, and they got a tiny little view of a tiny little God. And you just need to read the whole thing, because you read the whole thing, it will introduce you to a God who is big and powerful and terrible and scary and awesome and, and, and worthy of worship and just the coolest person you've ever seen in your life. You don't want, what, you want a tiny little God that, that, that meets, you know, makes you happy? Or do you want a God that just is big and powerful and worthy of everything within you? Well, you find that God by reading the whole Bible. You've you got to read through the whole, whole thing. I mean, there's hard stuff in there because God is God. And you need to read it just to find out how big he is. And the best way to read the whole Bible is to get a plan to read the whole Bible. On our website, rockbrook.org, there's a resources, resources tab. And if you click on that, it'll take you to the one-year Bible. And the one-year Bible uh, gives you a plan to read through the Bible in one year, the whole thing. And it's a great plan. Because every day, you read some Old Testament, you read some New Testament, you read some Psalms, and you read some Proverbs. It's like a balanced diet. And it's, it's great to read it that way. Because that way, when you're reading over here in Leviticus about infectious diseases, you also get to read a Psalm. Okay? And you get a little, little bit of the Gospels. And then you get some wisdom out of Proverbs. So it, it's a great way, way to read it. Uh, you know, I have the YouVersion app on my phone, and I've been reading through the chronological Bible. And the, the, Bible, the books in the Bible aren't in there chronologically. They're in there according to type of literature. So they're in there according to the law, history, uh, poetry, prophets, gospels, and epistles. And so I've really been enjoying reading through the Bible chronologically. It takes all that stuff and puts it, puts it in order. So I, I don't care what plan you use. Just pick a plan and do it. And read uh, the Bible. Because if you do it, it's going to activate your faith. It's going to provide revelation. You'll get those aha moments. And it's going to help you to meditate. 
You know, you read broadly, then you find a verse that pops out of you, out at you, and then you just meditate on, on that all day. And then the next day, you read broadly, another verse. Oh, man, I think I'll think about that today. And then you meditate on it. And if you do that, it will assimilate God's Word into your life. Some of you are sick of your sin. You are sick and tired of the sin in your life. And you have tried to stop it, but you have not been able to stop it. And I just want to encourage you, what do you do? You assimilate God's Word into your life by exploring God's Word. You explore it. Look at this verse. I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now let me tell you how and when that's going to happen. It's going to happen in a small group. It's going to happen in a Celebrate Recovery step study. It's going to happen when you explore God's Word with other people. That's when it's going to happen. We're going to start our small group sign-ups after the 21 days of, of prayer. And I want to encourage you right now. I'd encourage you to make it a matter of prayer for the 21 days. God, what group do you want me to be in? God, what do you want me to cut out of my life so I have time to be in a small group? What life adjustments do I need to make to, to, to get into a group? And, and just get plugged in. And if you, if you want to find freedom from your sin, if you want to unleash the power of God's Word in your life, it's going to happen in relationships. It's going to happen in fellowship with other believers. That's just the way God wired us up. Last one. If you're going to build God's Word or build your life on God's Word, I must apply its principles. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. If all you do is listen to it, if all you do is just read a bunch of it, honestly, you're deceiving yourself. If you don't do it, do what it says. How do you do what it says? In this series, I got a whole sermon on how to apply the Bible. And so I figure today, frankly, I've given you enough to chew on today. <laughs> I mean, if you take this outline and you take it home and you chew on those verses all week, okay, there's, there's going to be enough there for, to God to reveal himself to you and increase your faith in him and in his word. But I just pray, just pray that you'll let God reveal himself to you. Let him activate your faith and trust in him and his word. And join us for 21 days of prayer. You can't make it up here every day. Come when you can. And if you can't come up here at all, at all then just pray at home. You know, but the goal is the habit, not the location. And if you don't have one of the prayer booklets, get one. Pick up one of the bracelets on, on your way out. And, uh, and just remember, in the beginning, God, in the beginning was the word. Let's soar together in 2017. Let me pray for you. God, indeed, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the God that we see revealed there. And you are worthy of our time and our attention. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our very lives. And so, God, I just pray that you would stir us as a church, that you would move us to dedicate ourselves to prayer and fasting, to the study of your word, 
and that over this season that it, it, it would change our lives, it would transform us, that we would be able to set aside our sin, that we would be able to become the people that you desire for us to be, that we would be able to do the things that you call us to do. We thank you that you've given us the plan, you've given us the power in your word. What a wonderful gift. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.